0: Hello, and welcome back to Discover the Unknown, a podcast by Cove Clothing that aims to inspire our listeners by bringing you incredible people with epic stories. I am your host, Lydia Cook, and today I'm going to be chatting to Alice, who is the lovely lady behind the brand Origin Africa. Uh, She also has an incredible insight into the world of ethical and sustainable fashion, so I cannot wait to bring you some inspiring stories from her and her journey. Thanks so much for joining us Alice, it is awesome to have you here um, obviously I've worked with you a lot and I've followed you for over a year now and I love absolutely everything that you do so it's so great to have you on here to chat um, and kind of share what you do with our listeners. So I guess first of all, do you want to just sort of explain what Origin Africa is and sort of a little bit about yourself and why you are where you are now?
1: Sure. Uh, oh, God, that's going to be a really long answer, isn't it? Um, okay, cool. So, Origin <laughs> is um, a not for profit fashion brand. So, um, we create garments that are ethically made, planet friendly, and people focused. Um, and the profits that we get from the sale of those garments here in the UK, we use to fund different social impact initiatives in Africa. Um, so you want a little bit about me as well. It's going to be a really long answer. Um, so what kind of led us on that journey? Oh God, I don't have any background in fashion at all. Um, and neither does my partner. Um, you can you tell that if you knew us personally, you'd be really surprised we set up a fashion brand. Um, our kind of background was more in the humanitarian side. So Tom was a doctor um, in emergency medicine and had spent many years working in Africa. I um, had worked in sort of marketing and fundraising for various big charitable organisations like World Vision, UNICEF, Macmillan. Um, and I guess the reality is that both of us felt kind of disenchanted with traditional aid and the kind of colonial background of that and the way that it kind of works particularly in Africa and the areas that we'd spent time living in. We felt like there was a better way to support some incredible entrepreneurial people who had the chance to change their own communities um, and we were trying to look for a way to do that and, and Origin was kind of our solution
0: that's amazing I think it's like it's such an incredible story behind the brand and and everything you do and I know you say you're you don't know why you started a fashion brand or how you are but I absolutely love all of the garments you know I've been lucky enough to model them and I think they look fab um so you mentioned that you lived there for a bit so do you want to tell me a little bit about where that was And, and was that really the kind of start of the journey was it while you were there that you were like gosh this is where I want to go with life
1: yeah uh, definitely um So, uh, as I said, Tom had lived in various parts of Africa um, for quite a a bit um, before we met. Um, He had spent a lot of time in West Africa in particular, in Togo, in Gambia. Um, But when we met, he was actually working as a doctor in Mali. Um, And um, I spent a lot of time with him there. And really, that was the beginning. Um, Actually, him leaving that job um, and us leaving Mali was the kind of beginning of the catalyst for origin. Um, I think just because neither of us had spent such a long kind of intense period of time before in Africa, and we had a couple of kind of, if we're honest, bad experiences with kind of charity, as it were, in the traditional sense. And we found that quite frustrating during the time we were living there. But also on the positive side, we were really inspired by the culture and the people, um, particularly fabric in in Mali. There's a, a very um, popular and kind of infamous fabric called Bogolan, which is made in Mali, which is like a hand painted, beautiful hand woven fabric, and that's kind of what started to lead me down the the idea of setting up something that was inspired by those designs um, in the UK and using the profits. Um, for good as it were in in Africa so yeah it was definitely a lot of the creative inspiration and a lot of the kind of building blocks for the way that Origin is today definitely came from the time that we spent living in Mali for sure.
0: Wow I mean you must have had the most incredible time there and for your brand to start there but also you know a lot of other parts of your life you know with with Tom and things like that it must be such a special place to you Um, and for you to be able to give back Mm. Must be amazing because it is kind of like your joint together with that place, um, which is incredible. Ooh. But the designs that you're talking about as well, I love them. They are so fun. Um, so you get—is it that you get um, communities to design them? Um, how, what's the kind of story and the process yeah, so, behind getting those graphics made
1: yeah so it's been a long road basically we've had a, a lot of changes along the way um but yes the initial um designs, so the are kind of what we call our original icons um were inspired by tribal masks um which was like the original um designs and the original branding for origin was created with those icons and they Formed our first designs of our first t shirts, um, and they are eyes, nose, lips, and mouth basically. Um, and they have been amazingly popular and actually formed the basis of a lot of our kind of key um, ongoing pieces. However, in the last kind of year and a half, we've also started working with local artists in the communities. Um, that we um, have the impact projects in Um, and it's been really cool because we've been able to partner with really inspiring artists. We ran a competition in the Gambia where we um, got some local artists to come up with some t-shirt designs and then we ran on our Instagram an opportunity for people to choose which one they liked best Um, we paid the artists a commission to design the final t-shirt. So that's our Faces of Life t-shirt. Um, and similarly, a Senegalese artist that designed our Brave Woman t-shirts, which released last Christmas. Um, and we've got some more coming um, later this year. So, yeah, a big part of our kind of the the background of the brand, but also the kind of creative input for the brand is from local African artists as well.
0: Wow. I mean, yeah, I remember when you put... Um when you put the designs up on your story, I genuinely was like flicking through them. Like, I just can't decide they're all so beautiful. Um, And I think that's so nice that you have, they're amazing. And having that connection between the actual communities that you're giving back to and having them be the soul of the item as well is so important. And I think quite often you see that bit skipped out. I know you've mentioned before, that it's quite hard sometimes to see, you know, it's it's great that brands give back and, you know, they help communities and stuff, but the way that you involve them in the actual process is like really inspiring. And I I think it's something that a lot of companies should look up to. Um, So in terms of giving back to the community, because obviously it's nonprofit and you do these amazing things, um, what was the first project you did and, and sort of where have you gone from there?
1: Oh, my God, that was a long time ago. The first project we did, um, which is kind of unofficial, it was it was like right at the beginning where we didn't even properly had a website. At this point, we were selling um, our stuff at market stalls in Bath and Bristol and making very, very little money. We often recall like a couple of um, markets where we're kind of standing out in the cold for hours and we'd made like £45 and we'd be like, yay. <laughs> um And I remember the first time that we kind of made enough to donate to a project and we'd raised 300 pounds and we used it to run a kind of a malnutrition project that was like a local, um, a local chief in one of the communities that we'd worked with in Mali wanted to kind of work with the clinic there to assess all of the children for malnutrition and provide sort of supportive um, therapeutic foods for them. So we donated the money to that and they ran that campaign. But fast forward kind of three years and things have changed a lot since then, I think that we've really changed the way that we invest the money and, and how that kind of process works. So now it's much more based on kind of social impact entrepreneurs. So we work with community hubs in each region. So at the moment, it's Mali, Gambia, Ethiopia, and we've just donated to one in Ghana as well. Um so, we work with local community hubs. They kind of point us in the direction of entrepreneurs from really small, tiny, tiny projects to more established local businesses who are having a positive impact in the community. That can be anything from healthcare to sanitation to education to um, recycling projects like anything that benefits people locally but also has longevity. So also isn't like a, a charitable donation in the terms of like a sink fund. It's more a donation that helps as a catalyst to kickstart projects, which are really inspiring. Um, and we've just found that that's a really good way to make sure that the money's having maximum impact, but also that it has an ongoing future because this helps businesses create jobs and opportunities it helps obviously the economy um but also it has a kind of some sort of social good as well so it kind of ticks a lot of boxes and that's really that yeah that's the focus of the projects that we donate to today.
0: Gosh I can't even imagine what it's like to see um to see your impact actually happening as well Mm. and I know I've seen on your Instagram obviously you share pictures of like how you're actually helping and and you can see it in the field and i mean what does that feel like to see um these communities that you work with kind of having these incredible developments and and becoming i don't know just living this this life that is um enriched by what you're doing as well
1: Yeah I mean it feels I mean obviously it's it's great to see that the the process is working like I love the fact that we we had this idea this kind of concept of setting up a, a business for good and it was very inspired by a lot of books that Tom and I had read about kind of social business and you know how to kind of channel capitalism in a positive way i guess um so it feels great to see that system working but i guess the feeling that we have mostly when we see the sort of success of the entrepreneurs is a little bit of like that's how it should they should have those opportunities like that doesn't that sh- it should exist that there's structures to support them and it's great to see them doing really well but absolutely all the energy for that has has come from them like that it's their ideas it's their passion it's their social impact we're just really happy to be able to play a small role in that of essentially funding it through the clothes that we sell here and really the people we have to thank for that is our customers so kind of we see ourselves more as a kind of conduit um, for that process and we're really excited that the more that we grow the greater that impact will be both in terms of promoting kind of slow fashion and ethical fashion here in the UK, but also promoting this idea of a more cyclical, more fair supply chain um, that ultimately has a good and positive impact in the world rather than a negative one.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's, it's super empowering, like you say, that it's like you don't take... The credit for it is it's the people in those communities that are doing this and mm. it's amazing to see them doing it and and like you say you're kind of supporting it rather than than mm. you know you didn't come up with the idea It's, it's you're just yeah. helping these people who have which yeah. is so just like beautiful to see and it, it, i will keep saying this but i just think so many people should be inspired by what you're doing oh, um you. But yeah, I mean, it's incredible. Have you have you gone out to any of the projects? I mean, obviously not in the last year. It's been quite tricky, yeah, <laughs>
1: um, Like before that, have you managed to get out? Yeah, I mean, we, we do. We try to go as, you know, as often as we can, um, partly, um, you know, for the business and, and more recently for sourcing because we, we have um, some new Made in Africa collections which are launching soon. Um, but also because, you know, we're incredibly lucky, we, we love spending time in Africa, it's one of our passions and the places that we work are places that we really enjoy um, visiting, we have a lot of friends there. Um, but we have also been very fortunate that in the last year and a half when we haven't been able to visit, you know, the bulk of our board is based in Africa. So 80% of the people who work on our board are based in Africa. We also have two community development hub leaders who are based in Bamako and Mali. Um so they've really been able to to do everything. We don't need to be there. We don't um there's no requirement. And actually in many places in the communities, we wouldn't show our faces anyway. You know, it wouldn't be something that we would do to kind of turn up. So um, it works really well in the kind of setup that we that we have. So actually we're lucky that in that area of the business, the pandemic hasn't affected us too much Because just because we can't be there. It doesn't mean that things can't continue to thrive and kind of go on as normal. So that's a really positive thing for us, for sure. Um, but I absolutely miss it and we'll be looking forward to going back when we can.
0: Yeah, I think there's a there's a lot of people with itchy feet at the moment, aren't there? Mm-hmm. Trying to get out to places again, um, but that's so nice that you managed to spend so much time there before, and you know you've got you've got a real journey that you've had there that's built this brand. And even if you can't get out at the moment, you have that in your heart, which is so nice. Yeah. Um. But what's what's been your favourite product? Because I know there's been quite a few now, haven't there? Since you started. Um, And is there one that like is for you is the key thing that shows the brand?
1: Oh, that's a really hard question. A great question. Really hard. Um, I don't know. I feel like I would I feel like Tom would say like the original t-shirt. The original t-shirt had four like coloured icons across the chest. We don't sell it anymore occasionally, so once a year. So last year we released a limited edition number of them. And I think this year we might do the same. But that will always be like the original. So I guess in many ways that would be a favourite. I think for me the wink t-shirt is the one that everyone always remembers. Um and it's certainly the first one that sort of A couple of celebrities wore and therefore like people kind of knew us for it and that i think for me like indicates the point as where we transitioned from this tiny little kind of hobbyist business which felt really small to an established brand and i think that means that that will always be the product that i kind of feel most fondly for um but the new stuff that we have coming up is probably they're probably the garments that I've been the most excited about and have most of my heart in. So that's probably, they'll probably take over when they launch. I would have thought.
0: That's really exciting. And like you say, um, you've had celebrities and, and people um, promoting your business and and kind of really sharing what you do to like there are hundreds of thousands of followers, which is incredible. I mean, who have you had doing this and how does it feel to see people um you know with hundreds of thousands of followers sharing your brand because they care about it
1: Ugh oh, it felt absolutely nuts like the um the first time so Fern Cotton um started following us on Instagram and we sent her some t-shirts and the first time she posted about us I literally dropped my phone standing in the middle of my lounge and started crying I was like oh my god it's amazing um so yeah I mean it's 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 bizarre like surreal you you just can't you know believe it and it's really it has been really amazing that we've had a lot of that support you know we don't it doesn't work in a sort of endorsement way like we haven't paid for any any paid promotions of celebrities for our clothing we've also had people like Gemma Atkinson wearing our stuff and it's just because they want to support what we do and what we stand for which is just, you know, yeah, surreal, I think is the right word for it, but has been a huge support, like there's no denying that the the size of the brand as it is now would, would never have been without the support of people like that and people like you, like amazing, you know, bloggers and people within the ethical fashion and humanitarian industry who have kind of taken our brand under their wing and, and want to um, support it and want to talk about it and, and want to kind of share in the journey with us, we feel very lucky. Um and we feel really glad that we, you know, can sit in a space where not only we can provide clothes that people are proud to wear because of the sourcing, because of where they come from and how they're made, but also feel proud to wear because of what they actually stand for. Um, it's really exciting that so many people want to come on that journey with us. So yeah, it's, we're pumped about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean I can tell you organically from my side that when you first contacted me what was it must have been about a year ago now wasn't it because it was when
1: more than a year we were still
0: kind of in lockdown but coming out of it yeah i remember i was i was definitely at home in lockdown when you sent me stuff (laughs) um but i remember when you messaged me and i looked at your brand and i was like oh my gosh this is incredible why has no one done this before Mm. um and I just thought the designs were so beautiful. You sent me it was it was a t shirt with um it was fruit on the front of it.
1: Oh, Can't remember yeah, the name of it but it was ones, really colorful yeah. and
0: fun y- yeah, and it was just so colorful and nice and then I think there was the wink tea as well um mm-hmm. and since then, obviously we had the headbands
1: yeah, that um really
0: just well. flew off the shelf, didn't they didn't people they? absolutely <laughs>
1: them. they did they were amazing, yeah um. But no, I can
0: can tell you from my side that I think it will be hard for someone not to love your brand when when you contact them. Um, So I don't think you should be surprised that these people are doing it and sharing your brand because, you know, it's it's lush. But um, no, it's super fun. So what I mean, down the line, what have you got planned? Are you planning to? Have you got other projects coming up? Are you planning to get back out soon? New, I mean, you've said there's a new launch coming up, which is really exciting. But yeah. is there kind of anything going on
1: alongside that? Yes. Yeah, so we have, yeah, we've got a new launch coming up, which is really exciting because it's our first Made in Africa collection. So the way that we've worked um, over the last kind of three years um, is that we've always wanted to work with and support suppliers that are as eco as planet friendly as people friendly as they could possibly be and when we were kind of smaller that really meant working with the kind of big players within the ethical fashion industry so suppliers who had really legitimate certifications that we could rely on that we knew that the you know the garments were organic we knew where they were made and how they were made and that meant so we partnered with people like Stanley and Stella. I don't know if your listeners would know some of these, but some of them are kind of consumer famous as well. Rapa Nui, um, Earth Positive, all really fantastic, really incredible suppliers of, of ethical clothing. However, it's always been our passion since day one to actually have the supply chain in Africa, because in doing that, we can obviously continue to impact more people's lives, creating more jobs and also support, you know, the industry there where a lot of cotton is grown, um, but a lot of production doesn't happen because in terms of sort of industrial um, growth there, there hasn't been anywhere near as much as there has been in, in India and Bangladesh. So it's always been something that we've been passionate about. We've kind of been spending the last I've probably been spending the last two years kind of trying to search for that supply chain, that perfect supply chain. So the collection that we have coming up, it's kind of happening in two phases. But the first phase that's coming up is a, a Tanzanian cotton collection. So we'll be launching three basic teas and also a cropped top. Um, which are made with 100% organic Tanzanian cotton, and they're made in a Tanzanian factory, which is vertical. So that means that everything happens under one roof because a lot of the carbon footprint of a, a usual supply chain happens because the cotton's grown in one place, it's flown somewhere else, it's made into fabric, it's flown somewhere else, it's made into a final garment, it's flown somewhere else for the final element of production. That obviously adds up. So, a vertical factory means that everything happens from the raw cotton production to the fabric creation to the final garment in one place. Um, and it's just an amazing organization. They have incredible support for their workforce. Um, and we were just really happy and excited to find them. So, yeah, we've got a new Tanzanian collection which is launching soon. Um, and we hope. That as part of that, we will also have a Tanzanian project coming up, but I can't say too much about that now. But yeah, within the same area, we hope to be supporting some local groups. Um, and then in addition to that, part two of the Made in Africa collection is going to be working with an incredible organisation called Soko in Kenya, um, who are a really inspiring ethical fashion production very small factory that also do a lot of education programs again have incredible support for their factory workers but in addition to that they run a um, initiative called Kajuwa, which we actually donated to last year where they take all the scraps of fabric from the factory and they make sanitary towels and they do education for young women um, around sort of menstrual health and, and family planning and yeah they're able to provide that support as a result of people supporting the factory and production so that's the next collection that's coming up Is going to be partnering with them so yeah we've got a lot of stuff coming up which is i feel like a perfect circle like we're really focusing on the circular element of where the clothes are made how they're made the impact that that has making that as positive as possible And then also kind of circling back to where should we donate the profits from that? What is happening locally within that region that's having a really significant impact and how can we kind of donate back to that? Making the supply chain as kind of ethical and as kind of flat as possible so that everyone along the kind of road of that garment production is benefiting. I'm really excited about it. I don't know if you could tell, I talk about it all day.
0: do you know what I could listen to you talk about all day because like I know I know you probably feel the same but the amount of companies that I see you know I'm not going to name names but brands that are saying they're doing sustainable things and stuff and you know there's a whole process to it um Mm -hmm. it's not just the final product like you say it's the process of it it's keeping it under one roof it's the carbon footprint it's you know the the actual humanitarian impact that it has the Ooh. social impact exactly. so to listen to you go through all of these stages that you've just thought through so much and like you're not it doesn't like you're not negatively impacting anyone you know that every part of the stage is having a positive impact which I just think is so rare and I love it I think it's absolutely incredible thank you um so i'm excited for you i feel <laughs> like i'm feeding off your excitement um, and i can't wait to see it all i think it is yeah super exciting i can't wait to see um but in terms of that as well i want to ask you as a as a person behind this brand and as you as yourself what's your kind of advice to consumers in terms of trying to be a better buyer and buy more ethically, buy more sustainably and and buy with a positive impact is that, you know, do you have any advice for our listeners?
1: I think it's a lot about respect, like respect for where something comes from and how long that has taken. And if you think, if you even break down the stages of what it takes to make a simple t-shirt, if people really thought about that, I don't think they'd be so throw away with their garments, you know, oh, it's got a stain on, oh, you know, I'll just check that and buy another, another one. If you actually thought about the the growing of that cotton, the creation of that fabric, the stitching together of that garment, the people that have been involved in that process. I don't think we'd be so disrespectful to the actual piece itself. So I think wherever your clothes are from, the ones in your wardrobe or, you know, the ones that you're buying from from new brands, like, have a little bit of respect for it, you know? It's a little bit like your food and where it comes from. Like, if you actually, and I'm trying at the moment with my veg patch, if you actually try and grow food yourself, you're like, oh, my God, you know, you get one carrot, and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to save this carrot. <laughs> it's taken me so long. <laughs> I think if people were a little bit more honest about, you know, it's, just, it's almost too easy for us. We can just go into the supermarket and buy something. We can just go into a shop you know a cheap throwaway shop and buy some new clothes so why why take care of the ones we've got you know who cares i think we've been going down that road for too long and i think my advice would be just just take care of the things that you that you like you know the clothes that you like to wear and the better care you take of them the less you'll need to buy so you're know, saving yourself money um and i think when you are looking to buy I think the best way I can describe it is buy from brands with good vibes because I used to say buy you know look for sustainable this and look for this certification and look for that but I actually don't buy into that so much anymore because I think there is so much greenwashing that it's kind of it's an easy placator to your guilt oh I've seen that it's organic oh that's fine I can buy that and not not worry um I think you kind of get a sense about whether or not a price point is right you know should a t-shirt be two pound fifty how could that even be possible what could anyone possibly have been paid if that's the case and you know what is this brand telling me and do i believe it and do i want to buy into that is that where i ultimately want my money to go to that person or to that that company or to that ethos? I think that's a really good and helpful guide because I think you get a good gut feel about these things, about whether or not a brand is is doing the right thing and, and you like their energy or or not. And even if you have to save up a bit longer to get something that you'll treasure, I think having respect for that garment and keeping it for longer will ultimately make you happier than just a couple of throwaway things that you can wear on one weekend. So yeah, I think it's about respect and I think it's about vibes. <laughs> Mm.
0: Yeah, I think it's really interesting to look at it in that way. In terms of, I mean, <laughs> I know your your veg plot analogy is spot on because it's you know, if you if you had to sit down and make a T shirt, um, how long would it take you? How hard yeah. would it be? You know, how much effort would you have to put into it? Would you like? Would you say that that's worth two pound fifty? You know, you you know, you can go down to the coffee shop and get a coffee made for you for three pounds. Mm. And you can buy a t-shirt for the same price. It doesn't Mm. seem to balance, does it? Mm. So I think that's a really good way to look at it. Um, And also, yeah, like you say, it's it's the respect for it. It's it's saving up for something that will last you longer. um, That's just so important. But Mm. is is there any kind of brands or people that inspire you? You know, are are there individuals or brands that you really look up to who you think are doing really good things
1: as well? Oh my god, there's so many. I think in terms of people, um, I, I'm sure I say this on every podcast I go on, and and not that anyone follows every podcast I've been on, because it's not loads, but um, the books that inspired us setting up this business, I feel like everyone should read. So Muhammad Yunus Yunus um, is a writer, He's he's in, he won the Nobel Peace Prize, and he talks about social business, and he talks about capitalism, and You know how actually if we make the choice to we can channel our money into something positive and into something good and that is the whole reason we set up this business his idea of social business and equitable business and something that you know has a good and positive impact in the world i believe strongly that there is no reason why all businesses can't behave like that i mean i'm not saying all businesses have to give all their profits away Although it is a workable solution. So the way that we work, just as a sidebar, we pay all of our overheads, we pay all of our staff, you know, there's no there's no weird like workings to our finances. We work exactly as a normal business would. So we, we make money, we cover all of our overheads, and at the end of that, rather than all of the money that's left over, the profit going to shareholders the top of the tree, the stakeholders, as works in all business, <laughs> generally, you know, to the fat cats sitting on the top, we give that bit away. So everyone within the supply chain can still earn fairly, everyone can still earn a wage. So why couldn't all businesses work like that? There is literally no reason why all businesses can work like that. It's only because, people want to get richer and richer and richer that that puts people off but actually if you just decided everyone's going to get paid fairly and everyone's going to take a wage and all overheads are going to be covered but the excess we don't need that so let's put that somewhere better I just feel like that that's the concept that's what his books are all about he's written three they are all awesome they would be a huge recommendation so he's a big like I'm a huge fan girl of Muhammad um so yes definitely look him up I think in terms of brands oh, there are so many doing really cool things. Some of my favourites and in terms of vibes, Birdsong London, I just think are really cool. Like they've inspired me from the beginning. They they create all of their garments with a lot of passion and soul. They're really super transparent, even when it might not seem like it's the right thing for them to do. Like they've done campaigns like last year where they showed the entire breakdown of the cost of making one of their dresses. So everyone could see each stage of the process. Not everyone understands how retail costing works, so that was quite a bold thing to do because people could have turned around and been like, "Well, I didn't realise you had this margin here and this margin here." But they did it anyway, and I just think that they're they're an incredibly cool brand. They're getting so much stuff right, but more importantly, they're really honest and they're very. Just, yeah, that the way they talk to their consumers is like their mates, you know, just being like, well, let's just break it down. Let's explain it to you. If you like it, you can buy it. If you don't, don't buy it. Like, that's cool. (laughs) And I just, yeah, they're one of my favorite brands for sure. I think there's a lot of, there are a lot of ethical brands out there at the moment. And I think that time will tell, you know, which ones are kind of coming from a good place and have literally set up to do something different and to change something and make an impact and which ones are kind of riding on the wave of a marketing trend um, as it were. So we'll have to wait and see, but yeah, Birdsong and Muhammad Yunus, uh, both of them, absolute vibes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's actually really useful to know because I get a lot of people asking me um, for brand recommendations and stuff like that. So that's always good to know. And I think people will find that really helpful and it's nice that you are inspired by other people um You know, yeah. Origin Africa is definitely a part of that inspiring team, so you should be super proud of it.
1: I do feel like more brands within this category, like all the a lot of the ones that I have met, are very keen to work together because I think fashion, fashion is very competitive. It's like, oh, I wouldn't recommend. You know, Birdsong sell a lot of the same things we sell. <laughs> they sell sweatshirts, they sell t-shirts. um A lot of people will be like, oh, I'm not going to go on and recommend. You know, competitor if this industry is going to change if fashion is going to change we need to support the brands that are doing the right thing and that are doing you know amazing and incredible leaps forward in terms of fashion production in terms of workers rights in terms of you know respect for garments as well and i think we should be lifting each other up so we we absolutely should be working together and a lot of people i've met in the industry are very willing to do that you know everyone wins if this industry gets bigger so it's yeah it should be very collaborative i think
0: yeah that's that's an incredible way to look at it um like you say there's a lot of competition in this industry so for people doing the right thing to be working together is incredible oh. and, you know I can tell you Cove Clothing who are obviously the platform of this podcast are yeah. so inspired by you as well yeah. and i just so like grateful to have you here because it's amazing to speak to you as another brand trying to do right things so thank, thank you me. so much <laughs> Um, um, so yeah, I mean it's been incredible to talk to you. And um, before you go, I want to ask you when should we be looking for this launch?
1: This weekend. I don't know when this podcast is going out, so I don't know if this oh weekend gosh. is like relevant. But anyway, it may have already happened. um But yes, it's coming up very soon. Yeah, um, it's yeah, it's really exciting. So that yeah. will be phase one. So this will be the Tanzanian element. We hope the Soko um Kenyan. Pieces, which is a, a lot more, they're going to be quite new and different pieces from our kind of traditional stuff. And they're being made from scratch um, in this factory. So um, that's not going to be until later on in the year. But yeah, the Tanzanian part this weekend. So stay tuned. It's
0: very exciting. Okay. Well, uh, our listeners will be very lucky then because they've heard the pre launch. And I expect yeah. they'll be able to go and find them straight away then. Um, but also, super exciting to look forward to the next one.
1: I know. Um, Yeah. So So no,
0: thank you so much. It's so
1: welcome.
0: It's been super insightful to listen to you and to talk about not just your incredible brand, but also those, you know, really complex um, ideas behind fashion these days and, and you know, which brands are doing the right things and what we should be looking for. So thank you so much for offering such a good insight into the world of slower and more ethical fashion. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Thank you for joining us, Alice. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Bye.